Welcome to The Fully Lived Life, a podcast for those who are longing to pursue the full life and want to break free from anything that holds them back. Listen in as two friends, a psychologist, Dr. Mary, and a life coach, Jillian, talk about life, love, and purpose through the lens of faith, science, psychology, and life experiences. Hey there, Dr. Mary here. Jillian and I are taking a bit of a break from recording this month to practice some of the rhythms of rest and self-care we preach. So for this month, we're going to be re-releasing our most popular podcast episodes from season one. We've had so many new listeners join us recently that I think it'll be great for you to check them out. And if you've been a faithful listener since then, first of all, thank you. And second of all, I think these episodes are worth checking out again. You know what they say, wisdom bears repeating since it's often layers of learning that take deeper root over time. Thanks for tuning in. Well, hello, Mary. Hi, Jillian. Great to see you. It's good to see you too. How are you doing today? I'm I'm doing well. Good. Yeah. I, you know, I wore my big parka coat today. Mm. It looks like a sleeping bag. Yes. Because like it's going to be minus 10 this afternoon. Uh, I know. I know. Well, you know, I've been sticking to my goal of exercising regularly. Good for you. I've just come from my exercise class. So I'm just like, can you not see the color on my Glowing. Glowing. (laughs) And you know what? I've been a very good girl today. I got up and had a very healthy breakfast. Good for you. And I have packed some healthy snacks in my bag. Wow. So I'm trying to stay on track. All right. Excellent. So last time we talked about margin in our lives. Yes. And some of the things that uh, hold us back from creating margin. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if our listeners have had a chance to do the exercises that we put in the show notes. Right. I hope so. That would be very helpful. Yeah. And if you haven't, hey, Mm-hmm. Don't beat yourself up. Right. Just create some time to do that because it will be very significant for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, and I think it's an excellent preparation for today's uh, segment, which is going to be about stress. And I thought you being the expert <laughs> on stress, as in uh, having come out from the other side of an intensely stressful time in your life. Yes. That maybe you could share a bit about that and some of the things you learned along the way. Okay, it stresses me out just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, stress. Uh-huh. Oh, isn't that a powerful word? Yeah. And I, I th- Can I throw some stats in there? Yes, please. Um <laughs> okay, here I go. My uh, my older brain doesn't remember the exact numbers, but let's just say that um, the 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 uh, population as a whole is getting tremendously stressed out. There's billions and billions of dollars being spent on medical care, yes. psychological care because of stress. Uh, I'm seeing kids as young as. Uh, three or four coming in and they're actually showing stress symptoms oh. because life has just gotten out of control. Oh, that yeah. just saddens me so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At three, the only thing you should be worried about is what toy you're going to play with. I know. Really? Exactly. Yeah. But, but uh, you know, parents are having kids go on waiting list when they're not even conceived because of just the shortage of good schools. I know. I mean, I'm hearing all these stories of... Um, Maybe it's sort of a scarcity situation where there's not enough resources to go around. And so parents are feeling like they have to scramble. Yeah. And if the parents are stressed out, it's going to trickle down to the kids for sure. Yeah. So um, a little bit about my stress. 
uh, first of all, I really started to notice uh, the stress of my life when it was affecting my sleep patterns. Hmm. So I went through very long, prolonged periods of insomnia. Hmm. It wasn't just situational. Mm -hmm. It was much more than that. Mm -hmm. And what was happening was I was waking up in the morning, my jaw would be sore, I'd have a headache. Mm -hmm. So clearly I was grinding my teeth Mm -hmm. or I was clenching my jaw Mm -hmm. uh, in a time when I should have been resting and relaxing and restoring. Mm -hmm. And so I knew that there was something really deep going on there. And what was happening for me was uh, I had no margin. Mm. I was running full tilt. Mm-hmm. I was trying to keep up with the demands of a very busy ministry mm-hmm. that was growing mm-hmm. and in a not-for-profit. So you know what that looks like, right? Mm-hmm. Because in the not-for-profit world, there's you know you're not just doing one job; you're doing four or five. Mm-hmm. And I was also dealing with a population that was heavy on volunteers. Mm -hmm. And even my Saturday, which was kind of my day off, was fraught with stress. Mm. Would the volunteers show up the next day? Who Mm. was going to call in sick? Mm -hmm. And I would just be kind of waiting Mm. for the phone to ring, for the text to come in, for the email. So you can imagine I was kind of in this heightened state of anxiety. Exactly. You can't even relax. No. And so um, really a lot of things in my life had to change. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't going to be a magic pill Mm -hmm. that just sorted things out. Or a friend telling you you're stressed. Right. Or my family. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, And I mean, what are some signs of stress for me? I get short-tempered. Mm-hmm. Um, I get cranky, but I also get almost hyper about things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my brain cannot shut down. It's mm-hmm. on overdrive. Mm-hmm. My to-do lists are off the chart. Um, I'm always rushing through one thing to get to the next thing. And if I can make an observation, being mm-hmm. your friend as you were going through that time, it's almost seemed like you went into pure survival mode. Oh, yes. And so you had no capacity. And so every single time I tried to speak into it or encourage you to rest, you looked at me like I had two heads. Like, that's not possible. Well, it wasn't. It didn't feel it like didn't it was feel possible. That way. It felt like you had you had no choice but to keep going forward as you had to go forward. Like you didn't even have capacity to even think about the possibility of change. No. And you know, the difficulty when you're in a situation like that, I found, is if I had taken that exercise of what's on my plate that we talked about in the previous episode, Mm -hmm. and I had looked at things I could delegate, Mm -hmm. the sheer energy it was going to take me Mm. to delegate some of those things was so daunting because I didn't have any margin Mm -hmm. to have the conversations. Right. That should have been a huge red flag for me because I clearly could have delegated Mm -hmm. had I had the margin to meet with someone for coffee, woo them, Mm -hmm. chat them up and delegate the thing. Mm -hmm. But I just didn't even have the margin to do that. What got you to that place? Um, Well, unfortunately, I'm wired a bit for, Mm. to persevere. Right. It's my strength and my weakness. Mm -hmm. I can persevere. Yeah. You're an eight on the end. Oh. Yeah. I'm also an eight on the Enneagram, which makes me an active controller. Mm -hmm. So I have a way of doing things Mm -hmm. and I like them done my way. And that makes it hard to delegate. And the harder and more challenging it is, it just gets you going. Like you're like, oh, I can do this. 
this, well, this I can do this. I because can do the next I, I become in competition with myself. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> Which is the stupidest place <laughs> to be in competition with. But I think that's probably a, quite a few listeners who get this. Mm. And maybe it's personality type. Maybe it's the Enneagram. Maybe it's the way you're wired. Maybe it's the lies that you tell yourself yeah. that you have to keep everything juggling or you're going to let someone down. And if you do that, you're a failure. Can I can I get you to share about that? I think that, you know, it's one thing for listeners to identify with the symptoms yeah. and the actions mm-hmm. that you were taking or not taking. I, I think it would be so valuable to hear some of the, the inner voice and what lies you believe or what were the mental agreements or the the ways that you were thinking about it that pushed you to sure. where you So were. do you just want to define what a mental agreement is so our listeners are aware of that? Yeah. So a mental agreement is just uh, something that you choose to say, yep, this is true. So let's say somebody says to you, oh my goodness, you're so stupid. If you don't receive it, it's not a mental agreement. You just It just bounces off of you. But as soon as you say, oh, they're right. I am stupid. You've made a mental agreement with that. Sure. And, you know, when you go through life, you've got experiences. Uh, people say unkind things to you. Uh, as a child, the way you interpret the world is not always based on reality. No. It's based on your own internal um, responses. And if you've never talked about it with an adult who can correct you, you will continue to believe that for the rest of your life and find it very, very difficult to change because it feels so true. Okay. So some of the lies that I have believed in my life are, it all depends on me. Well, Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can't let anyone down. Mm. I need to be strong for myself and everyone around me. Mm. I can't let anyone see any of the chinks in my armor. Whoa. So those are, that's pretty hard to live up to. Mental agreements, I would say um, that if I don't do it, it won't get done. Mm -hmm. Or if I don't do it and it doesn't get done, then that will be a poor reflection back on me and I will have failed. Ah. I will be letting down the, the big organization or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, another mental agreement I would have made was uh, that I'm st- I'm strong, mm. so I should be able to do all these things. Mm-hmm. Wow. So uh, can you share with us some of your experiences or what led you to believe those lies or mental agreements? Uh, I think there's a lot... Um, to unpack there, mm-hmm. um, I I'm capable, mm. and I think that I've just believed that since I'm capable, I should. Right, and I think there was kind of maybe so. I I mean, I came to Canada as an immigrant, as you know. We talked mm-hmm. about that, and so I think seeing my parents having to rebuild a life and doing all the things, right? Like, you know, working the jobs, you know, cooking the meals, sewing our clothes, uh, doing all the things with very little downtime. Mm -hmm. I just felt that that was the expectation. Right. And I'm sure that if our listeners came from an an immigrant family, Mm -hmm. they've watched their parents do all those things. Mm -hmm. Because often... Your, your parents are going back to school. Mm-hmm. 
they're working jobs or they might be working several jobs. Right. Uh, they're still trying to keep up with um, the demands of family. Mm-hmm. And the pace that they're moving at is just so high. Can I add on there, if that is the case, as a young child, you would have been left to your own devices a lot and having to cope on your own a lot. So you would have been left to problem solve and you were very, very good at it. Mm -hmm. So that would have increased that sense of responsibility that, okay, I'm on my own. I have to be self-reliant. I'm going to get through this and I will get through this successfully. Yeah. And I think there was, um, I think it was more of a self-imposed expectation at times because I saw my my mom rushing home from work yeah. and rushing into the kitchen mm-hmm. and cooking the meal and then going downstairs to sew for mm-hmm. a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. So I think that if I had a need, I tried to solve it on my own because I didn't want to mm-hmm. burden her to put one more thing on her plate. Right, right. Hmm. So I think... It was just one of those self-imposed expectations as well. Mm-hmm. And I still I still struggle with delegating and asking for help and being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've just learned to put a lot of margin around that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I think that gives layers of understanding. So it's not just you're stressed out because you're stressed out, but no. there's reasons that drive you, that have driven you. And so, I would say for our listeners, yeah. uh, that would be a really great exercise mm. is to do some work to figure out what are those things that are driving you mm-hmm. to, you know, maybe overachieve or be perfectionist about. Yeah. Or be even a martyr about yeah Ooh. that you're not even Ooh. able to like ask for help right you have to carry the burden on your own mm-hmm. um, so I would encourage our listeners to do some work in that area I'm sure you have a lot of good psychological advice for us to um, maybe help us in that arena mm-hmm. yeah I think that's definitely worth delving into in a future episode okay yeah um, I'd like to kind of get back to your journey with stress. And so all of this is starting to fall apart on you. So tell us more about what happened. Oh, well, um, I, I mean, I had to make some hard stops. What what got you to that place? Because I saw you, you could have kept on going. Yeah. So what happened? I just felt I couldn't do it anymore. I just thought my other health issues were starting to creep up. Okay. It was taking me a long time to recover from things. Mm-hmm. So if I got a cold, it would take a month. Mm-hmm. Um, you remember I got that horrible cellulitis infection, yes. which took six weeks of like high-powered antibiotics to mm-hmm. get over. Yeah, that's so, a stuffing out of you. So my body just didn't have the resilience. Mm-hmm. And where I had been strong in so many areas of my health, mm-hmm. I was getting really weak. Mm-hmm. And that was my big wake-up call. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, for the listeners, as you listen to Jillian's story and the symptoms that she mentioned, uh, some of the inner thoughts, you might be going... Bing, bing, this is you. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I'm sorry for you. Yeah, I know. Um, I would say from the other side, as a clinician caring for people who are stressed out, um, it does take quite a lot of time for your body, mind, and soul to recover. Uh, taking a couple weeks off on vacation will not do it. Nope. So um, 
we're going to put on the in the show notes links to doing some uh, 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 sorry assessments for stress uh, which will evaluate not just what's in your life that's stressful but what resources you have mm-hmm. to help you combat stress um, as well as the adrenal fatigue questionnaire that we uh, mentioned uh, last time right uh, we'll post that again just to do a really good evaluation of what's going on for you um, but I would say that if you're identifying that you're experiencing stress, you're starting to see physical symptoms in there, and you think I can recover in one month, I would say give yourself space to do it two, three, four times longer than you think, uh, depending on your age, depending on how much you have on your plate. Uh, if somebody's really, truly stressed out and has has gone through burnout, uh, it's not unusual for them to take six months to a year for recovery and sometimes even longer. So just uh, not to discourage you, not to depress you, because I have seen some great recovery. Yeah. Um, Jillian's an excellent example of that. Uh, and maybe, Jillian, you can share uh, with the listeners, some of the things that you did put into your life to help you change your turn things around for you. Yeah, well, I mean, number one, I left a very demanding job. Hmm. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes, you know what? Sometimes that's what it is. If the job, so it's kind of that what I've always said, external versus internal changes. So internal changes is a change of attitude, beliefs, mm-hmm. uh, your emotional well-being, things that you can control. But sometimes you got to do external changes, which is yeah. you may have to leave that situation that's causing you great stress. That's right. Okay. So and that did. was, and I thought I'd take like six months off mm-hmm. um, and be ready to go, you know, by October. Right. And October came and went. Yeah. And so at that point, I had some choices to make. Mm. I uh, started taking some stock of my life. Um, what what are the skills I had? What did I want to move forward with those skills? And where did I not want to go back to? Mm. Like, what were some of the things that sucked the life out of me? Right. That I, I just did not want to get back to. Right. And... Um, there was a, a job that was offered to me mm-hmm. kind of in the September area of my life. Mm-hmm. And when I looked at it and I looked at the demand of it, I there was no way. Right. I just had to say a hard no to oh. that one because it would have led me down the same path. Oh, wow. That's so true. So it's not just moving towards health. It's actually avoiding the things that led to the the stress and the problems in the first place. That's right. Okay. And so I had to sort of rebrand myself, you would, I would say I, I took stock. Uh, I looked at my skills. I looked at the area of passion I had, and I've been working out of those things Mm. and creating the margin. Mm -hmm. So now I have a consulting and coaching business Mm -hmm. and I can make space for myself in the times where I need to. So I do have some very busy seasons Mm -hmm. and then I might have a stretch off Mm -hmm. and, but I make sure, um, you know, we joke that it's melatonin time for me when I... <laughs> yes, your her alarm goes off. Bing, I do. I have, a, I have an that? alarm on my phone that tells me when to take my melatonin because sleep is a huge factor in my life. Mm-hmm. And I've worked really hard to get that back on track. Mm-hmm. And I want to keep it on track. So can I dig into this a little bit? Because you took a huge risk. You left a highly stressful job, but it was a secure paying job. Mm-hmm. To then do your own thing as a consultant and yep. coach. And by the way, you're absolutely fantastic at it. 
Uh, but with that came risk. Like, how did you manage that? I can I can hear the questions that listeners are saying. Like, yeah, sure, I'd love to have my own business, and sure, I'd love to leave that job. But like, it's not possible. I have bills to pay. That's right. Well, I was fortunate that I had um, some savings in the bank, and I also had a very supportive husband. Mm-hmm. And so we made some changes, right? And we made some sacrifices, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and it's been good for our marriage. It's mm-hmm. been good for my health. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been a real blessing because, um, you know, I've been able to help out with my grandson and things like that too. Mm-hmm. So, but it was a, it, it came with a cost. Mm-hmm. So for our listeners that are going, well, that would be really, really nice. First of all, I didn't win the lottery. Yeah. Uh, but I had to look at my choices in front of me mm. and say, is this going to kill me? Yeah. Is it going to kill my marriage? Yeah. Mm. Is what are the costs mm. of doing this thing? Yeah. Sure, it's bringing in a regular paycheck, mm-hmm. but if that's all, mm. and um, so and we we're very careful now, mm-hmm. uh, but at the same time, our our household is happier, our marriages happier mm-hmm. because I'm not stressed out all the time. Mm-hmm. I have margin in my life, mm-hmm. so. Uh, my husband and I can travel more, mm-hmm. and um, and we can enjoy things together more. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't come without a cost. Mm-hmm. So we had to weigh the cost: financial cost or health, stress, relational cost. Mm-hmm. And I think when you have to take the hard look at those things, you get very creative. Yeah, and if I think about the conversations I've had with clients who have. Uh, been really focused on making a lot of money and being successful in their career. Um, at the uh, at the other side of it, they almost always express regret. Yeah. Uh, because of the toll it took on their marriages, their relationships with their kids, their health, and that they just had no time to enjoy life. And so, what I'm hearing from you is that the, the latter choice gave you margin to enjoy your life. And by the way, observing you, I would say um, the Lord has been really gracious in providing. And oh, absolutely. And it is definitely more of an act of faith, isn't it, on the second option, which is I don't have the security of knowing it's going to be always this amount at a given time. That's right. But trusting that the Lord will provide as you are faithfully uh, stewarding your gifts and your time and your energy. Yeah, that's right. And it is risky. Mm -hmm. Um, But that risk was very well needed at the time. Mm -hmm. And and it was a choice I had to make. And quite frankly, um, you know, when, when it becomes that if it's the only choice you have is to stay or go, yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, you might have to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you don't know what's on the other side if you stay in a dysfunctional situation. You don't know the opportunities you're actually saying no to. That's right. Uh, I see you thriving working in your gifts. Uh, I have the privilege of working with you on various projects and you are just shining. I mean, you really are. And you tell me how much you enjoy it as well. So I think, uh, how do you measure that? Uh, When you weigh out the pros and cons of the choices that you've made. But I would say, you know, when it comes to stress management, yes, do an accurate assessment of where you're at. But 
you have to make changes. You do. You cannot keep going on the way that you are because the that other end of it is only death. Death in many ways, whether it's soul death, physical, yeah. emotional, relational. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So very hard choices to make. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that most of our listeners will probably be able to relate to some of the things I've said. And maybe you've been watching somebody who has made some of these hard choices too. Mm-hmm. And you might think, wow, aren't they lucky to be able to do that? Mm-hmm. But they've made some very calculated risks mm-hmm. with a lot of reflection in order to do those things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're, we're seeing, I think we're seeing our millennial generation now. Mm-hmm. They don't want to get back into the lifestyle that I was in, where they're killing themselves Mm -hmm. for a paycheck. Mm -hmm. They're more adventurous. They want to travel. They want balance in their life where they can, you know, work a job, then go off for a couple of weeks or months and Mm -hmm. do something fun. Mm -hmm. And then, and they're not doing it to own a home. They might be doing it just to enjoy their life. And Mm -hmm. I think that's a much healthier um, way to live. Yeah. Uh, they're taking risks, mm-hmm. which my generation would have thought were crazy mm-hmm. yeah. 30 years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure. For our generation, it was all about, you know, go through university, get married, get the house, mm-hmm. and work the job. Yeah, that's right. And this generation coming up now, mm-hmm. it's not about home ownership necessarily. It's not about being in a job for a very long time, the security of that. Mm-hmm. They're weighing up their life choices against... Uh, bringing margin and joy into their lives mm-hmm. and living. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's a lesson there. I think so as well. I think so as well. And for you listeners, if you are feeling stressed out, like what's it going to take? Don't wait for that health crisis or no. that marriage breakdown to say, okay, I've got to make a change. Um if the lifestyle you're living is not healthy, it's not sustainable, something's going to give at the end of it. And so if you can be um, at the earlier end addressing it, Mm -hmm. uh, there can be such healthy change that can happen. And there can be great joy in that. And you can do the hard thing. Yeah. And you can come out the other side in a much healthier way and live a joy-filled life despite Mm. some of the things that you thought were perks. Exactly. Right? Yeah. I love that. All right. Well, thanks for sharing, Jillian. I think uh, that really, like, it just reminded me again, as I reflect on my life, all the things that I want to make sure I continue to watch so that I don't get to that place of being so stressed out. And I appreciate your vulnerability and sharing some of the inner thoughts. Mm. Um, I think it's going to really resonate with our listeners. Um, And I think even for you to have spoken it out loud again is an ongoing reminder that you've made wise, good choices in your life and you are and will continue to uh, bear out the fruit of that. Hmm, Thank you. Yeah. Thanks again. All right. Have a great week. Take care, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Fully Lived Life podcast. We hope you found it encouraging and helpful. Be sure to follow or subscribe so that you never miss a new episode. And if you enjoyed our show, please help spread the word by sharing with your friends and family and posting on your social media. Thanks for listening and tune in to our next episode.